You are listening to Asian Skycast, the show that brings you the most updated aviation industry insight. Hi, welcome to Asian Sky Group, Asian Sky Media's Virtual Charter Week. My name is Jeff Lowe, and I'm Managing Director of Asian Sky Group, and I'm here to present our Asia-Pacific Region Charter Report for 2020. Before we get started, I'd just like to thank our sponsor, Bermuda Aircraft Registry, and also our contributors, Amber Aviation, King Leader Club, Sinojet, HFW, Air Charter Service, and Wing X. Uh, like I said, a special thanks to, to all of them. Uh, if you will, without them, it, it doesn't happen. So I appreciate all the support they've given us for our Charter Report 2020. If you're not familiar with Asian Sky Media, you're tuning in for the first time. Uh, we produce a number of industry reports throughout the year. Uh, we do a pretty good job at that, if you will. Uh, we've been awarded four years consecutively now by ASBA as Best Media Outlet. Uh, so again, if you have time, please go to our website and familiarize yourself with some of our other publications. I'm going to tackle the, the main part of the report first, which is the Asia-Pacific Business Jet Charter Fleet. At the end of June 2020, that fleet represented 327 aircraft, which represented 27% of the total business jet fleet in operation in the Asia-Pacific region. A little bit of a side note as to that 327 airplanes, those are aircraft that are under a Part 135, Car 135, or commercial AOC of some sort. They're not necessarily dedicated 100% to charter. Some of those aircraft will be, if you will, dual purpose aircraft, that are being used by the owner, where he's also using it or making it available for charter. To get a measure of what might be the dedicated charter fleet, we examined the mix in some countries, and we feel that probably a more representative percentage as far as the dedicated charter fleet is more of the nature of 10 to 15%. So probably at the end of the day, whereas you may have 327 aircraft under, under commercial certificates, probably only maybe 120 to 150 of those are actually dedicated charter aircraft. So keep that in mind as, as we go forward through the report. 2020 was uh, a decline from the last time we did the report, 2018. The fleet as a whole experienced a contraction of 1.8%. For the Asia Pacific region, we've really got four distinct regions that we look at, Greater China, Southeast Asia, Oceania, and then if you put East and South Asia together, and really they are equally represent almost a quarter of the market. But as you can see here from the chart, they all experience different fortunes through the year, uh, with only two of those regions really experiencing any growth, and really the only growth of any significance being that in Southeast Asia, which grew 16%. The big loser for the regions was Greater China, which lost 24%. Looking this this on an individual basis, on a country basis, you can see the best performing market was Singapore, which had a net plus 10 airplanes. Uh, that was virtue of aircraft that were added to the OJETS fleet and also Salita Jet. And the big loser was mainland China, which lost a net 17 airplanes. And the big driver there was the contraction that Deerjet experienced in their charter fleet. So as I mentioned on a whole, the region contracting 1.8%. Uh, losing a net six airplanes in the end. But big change from 2018, which it had experienced a net gain of 33 airplanes. So a big swing in numbers. OEMs, 
the two top OEMs are Textron and Bombardier, then followed by with almost half as much uh, Gulfstream. Textron and Bombardier, though, had, again, experienced different fortunes through 2019-2020. Uh, Bombardier experienced growth, Textron experiencing contraction. Textron also suffers a bit from the fact that their fleet is the oldest. The majority of their fleet are almost 20 years or older, whereas Bombardier has quite a young fleet in the region, and so certainly this is part of what's driving those numbers. The only other gainer in the region was Embraer, which likewise experienced growth 14%, so another one that gained quite well in the region. Looking at where the various OEMs have their strengths and weaknesses, Textron, uh, not too surprisingly, very strong in the mature markets in the Asia-Pacific region, Australia and India, but really not much, not, not much else anywhere else. Uh, Bombardier probably has the best balanced fleet throughout the Asia-Pacific region, strong in China, strong in Australia, but also significant presence in India and the Singapore markets as well. So they're the OEM that has got the most balanced fleet throughout the region. Gulfstream uh, really is only, only omnipresent in the mainland China market, which makes them a bit vulnerable to how that market goes. Yes, the presence in Japan, but really dominated by the mainland Chinese market. Embraer, China as well, very successful there, but also has a good presence in the Indian market and very traditionally strong in the Indonesian market as well. Dassault's market really is just in, in India, Boeing, four airplanes in China, and then Airbus with a couple of airplanes in Hong Kong. So again, you get somewhat of an idea of the spread of the fleet of Textron and Bombardier throughout the region, and those being the two dominant OEMs when it comes to the charter fleet. Always interesting to look at things by a size category, because uh, normally when you're looking to charter an aircraft, size is, is one of the categories that you look at when you're trying to select your, your, your operator and your equipment. Biggest category being large, air, large aircraft, then followed by light jets and then long range. Again, very different fortunes for the different categories. Uh, most of the categories all experiencing negative growth. The only bright light being the light category, where we saw an addition of some Lear 35s and Pilatus PC-24s. But this also goes back to what we mentioned earlier, that the light jets are also the category which has the oldest fleet. So it's not too surprising to see that the most activity in that category as well. So summing up again, top markets are Singapore, Indonesia, New Zealand. Singapore with a net 10 airplanes. Uh, equipment that's being added into that market, predominantly global 6,000s and global 5,000s. Bottom markets, mainland China, the worst performing one with a net minus 17. Top deductions there being 450s and 550s and Challenger 605s. Hong Kong also seeing a net negative five airplanes and then followed by Thailand. Age is another factor when it comes to chartering an aircraft. Uh, the majority of the fleet in, in the Asia-Pacific region, or a good portion of that fleet, is under 10 years old, but at the same time, a large portion of that fleet is older than 20 years. So we do sort of have half a quarter of the market in respectable, if you will, age, but then a quarter of the market is getting on and a little long in the tooth. But that's also where we see the opportunity, because the majority of that fleet, which is older, is in the light jet category, and that's where we're seeing the growth. 
So it seems the market is trying to address that age of that fleet. Long-range aircraft being the youngest, and then followed pretty evenly through the other categories with the age of those fleets being around 15 years. Looking at each size category and what the, the dominant aircraft model type is, corporate airliners, you're seeing BBJs is the dominant one. Long range, it's really a Bombardier Gulfstream battle, if you will, where we have the G550, G650 family versus the global 5000, 6000 Global Express family. Large cabin airplanes, equal representation across all four OEMs, Embraer being present, Falcon, Gulfstream, and Bombardier. But if I look at the medium and light and very light, this is where you're seeing the Textron fleet, and this is where you're seeing the aged fleet as far as charter requirements. So here you're seeing Hawker 800s, 850s, and you're seeing a lot of citations, even some West Winds, Learjet 35s and 36s. So that represents the fleet that is probably due for replacement. We're seeing some of that new equipment appearing with the medium jets with the Challenger 350s, and also with the very light jets with Phenom 100s. So that replacement is ongoing, and that's where hopefully, well, that's where some of the opportunities should be in the coming years as far as replacement and new equipment. Looking at the operators, uh, top operator in the region, and has been for many years now with a sizable charter fleet is Deerjet, uh, followed now by Sinojet in the number two position. Different fortunes again between number one and number two. Deerjet has its fleet has significantly contracted. They lost seven aircraft, whereas Sinojet has added five airplanes. So if you will, Sinojet is storming up the table. Uh, the other big movers on the table also were Ojets plus four airplanes, up 18 places, if you will, and then also Salita Jet up, four, up uh, 19 places, adding another four airplanes. So mixed blessings here on the table, some adding, some losing, but the big performers, again, being Sinojet, Ojets, ExecuJet, and Salita Jet. Of the top 14 operators that we have listed here, they represent 30% of the total charter fleet in the Asia-Pacific region. Now we're going to look at the, uh, now that we've looked at the fleet, we're now going to look at what the fleet did. Uh, so looking at charter activity in 2019, uh, it's actually a, a very good story. Uh, most of the activity through 2018 was a year-on-year -year growth versus 2018. So as you can see here, all months typically experienced uh, positive growth versus 2018. A couple of down months, but other than that, every, most of them were up. And so you can see months varying from 6 to uh, 8 to 11, 13%. So overall through 2019, a good year for charter. I think the average being about 6% growth uh, throughout the whole year. And of that activity, it's interesting to break it down. Most of it, uh, the flight activity being satisfied with long range, large cabin airplanes, three quarters of the market, if you will, of that flight activity is being satisfied by long range, large aircraft. But if you look at duration, you'll see that but the majority of the flights are less than two hours. So in the Asia Pacific region, it's safe to say we got a lot of big airplanes doing a lot of short range flights. Um, Maybe not much different from some of the other markets around the world, but certainly the case we have here in the Asia-Pacific region.
Why that may be, uh, certainly I think the Asia-Pacific uh, charter client tends to travel in large groups and tends to have substantial, if you will, baggage luggage requirements. So maybe that is part of the reason that drives it towards always a, a large cabin airplane, even though it may be a short-range flight. Top models then that are being utilized or was utilized during 2019. Again, you can see the big winner being the Global Express 6000, uh, G Global 6000. Uh, that airplane uh, almost satisfying twice as much as far as flight hours and flights through 2019 versus the next category, which is G5 and G550. So very much a, a Bombardier global market uh, and certainly that model being very popular with a number of the operators as well. But that was 2019. As we all know, uh, come January 1st, 2020, uh, things changed. And that then brings us to the COVID-19 effect on the charter market. Uh, so this really looks at what happened from beginning of 2020 to where we are today. And whereas initially there might have been an interesting story to tell where actually charter experienced, a, uh, if you will, a peak. And that was driven by uh, what was happening in the mainland Chinese market and COVID having broken out in the mainland China market and people wanting to move around or get out of that region quickly, uh, we saw a spike in activity. But as COVID-19 spread and more and more Asian countries started introducing restrictions and closing their borders, you can see as we progress through those initial months of 2020, uh, charter activity declining and declining and declining to where it is today, where it's really a very small activity, uh, if you will, single digit activity, where we're seeing the number of flights per day being almost down at the two or three flights per day. On the chart, the light blue line is the 2019 uh, activity and the 2020 to date being the dark black line. As part of the study or part of the charter report, we did a we did a survey. We approached a number of charter operators to get their opinions on what the trends are at the moment or what they're seeing in their markets to get some idea of what the behavior was at the moment in the market in the Asia Pacific under COVID-19. We basically uh, asked them a number of questions regarding activities, sorry, regarding inquiries and the flights that they were doing, pricing on the number of inquiries they're receiving. Uh, most of them were seeing more, uh, and it was a fairly even split between domestic inquiries and inquiries for international flights. So that was on the increase. Uh, as to the number of flights that they handled, uh, seeing more demand for domestic flights versus international. So they're seeing much more need on the domestic side of things. And then as to pricing, yes, some were certainly seeing uh, prices increases. Not so much on the domestic side, but certainly when it came to international flights. And I would assume for the international flights, that's a function of just the added operational constraints and travel restrictions and so on. So being able to move aircraft around internationally, just being a much more uh, challenging task and that being reflected in, in the pricing as well. So, but interesting trends to see there. More inquiries, pretty evenly split between domestic and international. Flights being handled more domestic than international and certainly seeing some um, price increases, but mostly on the international sectors. We also asked them about well, why are they flying? What's the purpose? Not too surprisingly, as we kind of touched on earlier, 
a great proportion of those flights being individuals returning home, so one-way traffic, if you will. Uh, certainly the repatriation flights, we're seeing some of business jets being converted into cargo transportation and still a little bit of the business VIP travel, but certainly the majority of it being one-way traffic, personal in, uh, private individuals returning home, uh, that being the main need for the charter. Probably the most significant question is, what do you think the, the future holds? Um, fortunately, most of the market remains quite upbeat. 60% uh, are optimistic. 30% uh, maybe are unsure, but uh, for a total of 90%, uh, that's, that's a pretty good state to be in. And I think that comes from a lot of uh, operators and, if you will, people that are in the industry seeing that the need for charter will probably be the first area that recovers uh, post-COVID-19. The airlines are going to take longer to recover, but the need to travel will still be there. Maybe there'll be some pent-up demand as well. So charter is what's going to be the beneficiary of all that. So a lot of optimism in the market, even though, uh, as we saw, the current activity is is very much close to, to close to zero. So. Interesting to look at uh, where people are flying versus where they used to. Um, if you look at the 2019 most popular routes, a lot of them are, are, are leisure travel, uh, destination travel, uh, resorts. We're looking at uh, you know, Maldives. We're looking at uh, Koh Samui, Tokyo. So again, pleasure destinations uh, versus what you're seeing now during COVID-19, which as we said, is a lot of it is... Uh, individuals returning home from overseas. So you're seeing long range flights from the US and European markets coming back into Asia. Uh, some flights, some of those flights being not necessarily originating from the East Coast, but from Alaska, uh, all being maybe, a, as we mentioned earlier, repatriation flights, but also probably then just private individuals wanting to return home. And so that's where we're seeing the most routes currently during the COVID-19 versus what we saw previously in 2019. Another factor of uh, COVID-19 has been uh, aircraft uh, cargo requirements, uh, charter. Uh, there's been a huge need for cargo charter as a result of COVID-19 and the need to move medical goods around the world. Uh, that initially, as we saw with the charter activity, was an, uh, which is a, was an event that was pretty much exclusively being seen in mainland China. That's where the outbreak originally occurred. So most of the transportation of medical equipment was happening into China. That's where we saw a huge spike in 2000, oh, sorry, in January. But as the coronavirus unfortunately uh, spread throughout the region, that then returned, that then turned around and became an outflow from China as they then became a manufacturer supplying other markets around the world of medical equipment. The whole charter, if you will, demand was then further stimulated by the fact that most of the airlines grounded their fleets. So the cargo capacity that would have been available on commercial airliners evaporated. And so the demand of the market then had to be satisfied exclusively by dedicated charter aircraft. And that then led to a shortage of aircraft available in that market and the market then having to find different ways to address that. As we saw earlier, some of those aircraft then were business jets that were converted and were then flying medical supplies. But a lot of it was satisfied by commercial airliners 
that then reconfigured the upper deck, moved either the airline seats or left them in, and then just did some loose packaging uh, of cargo on the above floor in order to satisfy those demands. So we saw a lot of airliners pushing their, their commercial aircraft into service, again, just to get them utilized uh, initially to try to satisfy all that cargo demand. As of May, June, things have somewhat returned to normal as far as demand. So we're not seeing the same spikes that we saw initially. Um, and again, that has led back to, if you will, normal dedicated cargo airplanes being available and not so much a reliance on the uh, converted airliners. Cargo aircraft, the dedicated ones, also are providing a much more economical solution. So again, the market is now back to trending towards just using the normal dedicated charter air, cargo, uh, cargo aircraft. So that's the situation on the cargo side as well. So that's the report. Uh, as I said at the beginning, if you haven't downloaded the report, please go to www.asianskymedia.com. In summary, quick summary, uh, business jet charter fleet as of June 2020 had contracted 1.82% versus 2018. The total size of the fleet represented 327 aircraft. Southeast Asia was the region that experienced the largest growth, and that was primarily due to Singapore, which added a net 10 charter airplanes. Mainland China was the worst performing group uh, in the, uh, sorry, the worst performing region in the Asia Pacific region. Charter market is still dominated by large aircraft, but where we saw the most growth was actually in the light jet category. Textron and Bombardier are the OEM leaders, but of note is that the Textron also has the oldest charter fleet. So I think safe to say, I don't know how long Textron can maintain that top, top position as far as the OEM and the charter fleet has yet to be seen. A lot of its equipment is in the light category, and that's where we're seeing the most replacement and the most growth. Despite all the challenges that the market has at the moment, uh, a number of operators still manage to uh, perform very well and increase their fleets. Uh, as noted earlier, Sinojet, ExecuJet, Ojets, and SolitaJet. Uh, so they, ma they managed to add a significant number of airplanes to their fleets. Charter activity through 2019 versus 2018, as I mentioned, uh, was performing quite well, quite well, up 6%. Uh, and of those flights that were performed in 2019, 75% of those were long-range, large aircraft that satisfied those demand. But at the same time, 60% of the flights were less than two hours. So as I mentioned, a lot of big airplanes flying around doing short haul flights. Charter activity, when you look at 2020 though, uh, COVID-19, whereas there might have been an early spike as uh, people were moving around a little bit more as the COVID-19 started to make itself known, uh, that certainly very, very quickly led to further travel restrictions and obviously a worsening situation regarding COVID-19. And so as those travel restrictions and lockdowns in countries occurred, uh, that snuffed out any, any charter demand. And so certainly through May, June, July, uh, you're seeing a charter requirement per day of single digit flights at the moment. So not much demand at the moment. Cargo likewise initially saw a spike in, in, in requirements as medical equipment was required around the globe. Uh, that too, sort of as of May, has returned to normal. Uh, so it's being satisfied by the normal cargo fleet that's available. Uh, 
so we're not seeing business jets being converted into cargo aircraft anymore uh, to a great extent. Uh, all being said and done, though, uh, everyone remains quite optimistic about the future. Uh, our little survey that we did, certainly 60% were optimistic about the future of charter, and most of them uh, expecting that the charter, a specific charter requirement demand will be the first to recover in the region. And so that's, that's to a great extent, what's fueling the optimism. Uh, so thank you for tuning in and listening. Again, I want to thank uh, uh, the Bermuda Aircraft Registry for sponsoring the 2020 Charter Report. And again, special thanks to all our contributors. Uh, again, please download the, the report from asianskymedia.com and stay tuned for the next presentation. Hope you enjoy the, our virtual Charter Week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on Asian Skycast. Make sure to visit our website, Asian Sky Media, where you can subscribe to the show on your phone or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show.